With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, and this is the Cat Cafe podcast. And we're back this week with a very special guest. Sadly, Dr. Susan could not join us for this time, so you will have me alone today. But the special guest will make up for it 100%, and that is the amazing Dr. Dave Tweet. Hello, Dave. Hi there, Yola. How are you? I am doing great, and I'm so excited to have you on board with the, the podcast because we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics uh, and that's endoscopy and that sounds like a very difficult word but before we go there uh, can you explain a little bit what you do and who you are okay sure uh, i'm an internal medicine clinician at colorado state university my area of expertise is gastrointestinal disease, liver disease, uh, pancreatic disease, but one of my big loves is endoscopy. And endoscopy, there are many fields of endoscopy, but basically it's where you take uh, either a flexible or rigid instrument and you can view the internal workings of your patient. Yeah, so if if you should explain this to a layperson, it's probably it's a camera that you insert through a normal opening in the body, either the mouth or the rectum, or you make an opening like into the belly, and then you stick either a camera that is flexible so you can move it around or in one that is rigid uh, into that opening and you can see through the camera. And it used to be that you had to put your eye on the eyepiece, but now we have beautiful setups where you can expand it. And as a Murphy, you get a beautiful view of whatever orifice you're in. Absolutely. And um, after doing that, you can look at um, organs or the tissues and determine does it look normal or is it abnormal? And then you have the ability to take biopsies 
Um, so you can analyze that tissue under the microscope and, and figure out what might be going on and what might be the best therapy for that particular problem. And then there are um, also surgical procedures that can be done uh, with that um, endoscope uh, in the abdominal cavity or in the intestine and, and so forth. So um, it's not only diagnostic, but there are some very minimally invasive procedures, um, surgical type procedures that can be done as well. Yeah, and you say minimal invasive. What that does that mean? What is the advantage for, for instance, the patient? Well, the the advantage for the patient is great. Uh, one, uh, it during the actual procedure, it is less stress on the patient, and that's been well documented um, as compared to maybe doing a regular exploratory surgery where you have to make a long incision and open things up to look inside. Uh, there's uh, the, the incision size is very small. There is rapid healing and uh, rapid recovery. These patients uh, may, you know, be almost back to where they were before the procedure the next day and not lose a step at all. And so that is the advantage. And certainly if you go in through the mouth, like into the uh, intestinal tract or the stomach, um, there's no incision at all. And so you can do a lot of things that uh, make it better for your, your pet. And so that's the big advantage. Yeah, we're talking cats here, so you probably your equipment is rather small. And what I would like to do with you is start from the tip of the nose until the tail of the cat. Uh, what holes are you sticking this camera in, um, and and what can you see? Okay, well, my uh, big glove is the gastrointestinal tract, so we'll mm -hmm. start there. And so you can go in, and you can actually look in the back of the throat and you can evaluate uh, for any problems in that area. Uh, you can go down into the esophagus. Sometimes we'll see foreign bodies in the esophagus mm -hmm. that we can pull out or in the stomach. Um, we can take uh, biopsies in the stomach. And with these small little scopes, we can go into the first part of the intestine and take biopsies as well. And so we can get a really good evaluation of the uh, upper gastrointestinal tract and take biopsies. If there are little polyps, we can remove those. Um, and then we can also do colonoscopy, which is going up the other end. Mm -hmm. And like most people that get up to a certain age have to have that. And we can do the very same thing in our cats. And we can even get into the uh, very end of the small intestine as well in most cats. So we can get a really good evaluation. It probably takes uh, a half an hour to do a procedure like uh, like that. And your patients are back to normal uh, very shortly after they wake up from anesthesia, just like people that get, you know, colonoscopies. Mm -hmm. And can you see the whole intestinal tract or is there a spot that you cannot? No, you can't see the whole intestinal tract. Our scopes are not long enough for that. 
but you can probably see 80% of the intestinal tract. And that probably is the most important 80% to see. Yeah, I did hear that there are some pills for bigger animals that they can swallow and then they can make a, the pill makes a, is a little camera that makes pictures on the path down. Yeah, that, that um, uh, has been done. We've done that as well. If we mm -hmm. think that there's something that we can't see with our scope, uh, mostly looking for maybe a bleeding lesion or whatever. Unfortunately, I think these pills are a little bit too large for our feline friends. Yeah, sadly. And they're yeah. quite expensive too. Yeah. So we had the, the mouth and the oral cavity. What's next? Okay. The other, the second most common thing that we do in our, or the, that we see at our hospital in patients is rhinoscopy, which is looking in the nose. Mm. And we see a lot of nasal uh, or nose problems. Um, you know, if there's an unexplained discharge from the nose, if there's sneezing, uh, if your patient can't breathe through one nostril, um, snores as they're sleeping and so forth, that could be a sign of something in the upper airway. And so we have uh, rigid small diameter scopes that we can go in and we can look and, you know, we have removed foreign bodies that uh, get up in the nose that we can grab a hold of and take out. Um, there is a condition that we often see in cats where they get uh, polyps in the back part of their nose. And that can cause uh, significant problems. And if we see those, they are very easily removed and can cause a lot of relief. And so um, we get a, a good evaluation. Um, you know, there are some cats that can get uh, cancer in the nose and we can determine what that is. And some of those cancers are quite treatable uh, in my experience. And so can it's important. Can you see the brain through the nose? No, you or you don't want to see the brain through no. your nose. No, you, no, you, you you can't. You only see the the uh, inside of the nasal cavity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the brain is within bones, huh? so it's really difficult yeah. to go there. And there is a bone that is associated with the nose, but it's uh, you don't want to go through there for sure. So um, so we did the nose, we did the mouth. What about the ears? Yes. Um, we now use rigid endoscopy, so small little diameter, short little scopes to look down in the ears. And what we now believe is we can see stuff that we've never seen before. And we can go down and we can see the eardrum. And so that what we call the external ear canal. And we even can make a small little incision in the eardrum and go into what we call the middle ear. So we can go inside the ear. Mm. And sometimes there are problems with infection in there and we can drain uh, that infection. You know, you've heard about little kids having their ears drained sometimes when they have chronic ear infections. Mm. And we can do that as well with these scopes. And we can see things that we had never seen before yeah that's that's amazing so uh, and then uh, i remember that uh 
most of the time in the D board in the in the cat probably it's not possible you can do it uh, uh, while you don't even have to have uh, sedation but uh, in the cat most of the time sometimes you need some sedation but if you have a camera in the in the the where you examine in your examining room the client can see what's happening too huh absolutely and in fact um i think uh many of your people that are listening their veterinarians probably have a scope to look into the ears that's one of the more popular types of endoscopes to have and so you can actually see what the veterinarian is describing and um what we found as veterinarians, when the client can see exactly what's going on, they become more diligent in trying to, you know, treat an ear infection or treat uh, ear mites that might be in the ear or whatever. Yeah, so it's 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 sometimes really difficult to explain what's going on if people cannot see it. So I remember that the dent, my dentist, you know, when I come in the U.S., the dentists are a different breed of animal, and my dentist takes pictures and videos of everything, and then he shows me those pictures and videos because he wants me to do something. So it's it's yeah. really it it's kind of um, explaining why things are serious and why they're not. So it it um, it still grosses me out a little bit, but you know, we do the same thing. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about the back hole. Um, and then I think those are all, no, we have one left, which is the urinary tract. Yes. Um, the urinary tract becomes a little bit more problematic in the cat, and especially mm -hmm. the male cat. And we do have small diameter endoscopes in which we can evaluate the urogenital system, so, you know, vagina um, and the urinary bladder with small rigid scopes in female cats. Um, one of the problems that we deal with in the male cat is that their uh, penis is tapered on the end, and it's a very small diameter that the scope must go through. So we need uh, very, very tiny little scopes. Uh, they're quite expensive. They're quite fragile. And so we are somewhat limited in that in um, the male cat. That being said, there are a number of techniques that we can do where we make a little incision in another spot that we can get in um, um, and look into the uh, urinary bladder and evaluate the urinary system as well. And so, um, and the reasons for that might be chronic urinary tract infection. Um, sometimes they will get little polyps, which are benign little growths in the bladder. Sometimes they can get tumors uh, that grow in the bladder, stones. Um, sometimes they can get what we call calculi, little stones that mm. get in the bladder. And um, there are even techniques where you can go in with a little laser and break those stones down so they pass on out. So there, there are a number of things that we, we can do it, uh, as far as evaluating the urinary system, but it becomes a little bit more difficult in the feline. Yes, and then there are two black holes that we cannot go in, but we do when we make a little incision, and that's the, the stomach or the belly, really, and the chest. So how do, how do we get in there? Okay, so uh, to get into the stomach, 
what we do is we put in very small diameter little portals, which are very small diameter tubes that go through the abdominal wall. And then we can take our scope and put it through these little portals and we can go in and we can look around and we may put in a second portal where we can put in a biopsy instrument and, and so forth. And the same technique is used in going into the thoracic cavity as well. So we can actually go in to the chest cavity and we can see the lungs move and the heart beat and we can evaluate for problems that we think might be going on in there as well. And sometimes, uh, you know, we always take uh, x-rays of, you know, the abdominal cavity or the chest cavity and even doing ultrasound. But sometimes uh, just seeing what's there um, tells you a lot of what's going on and helps sometimes solve that, that problem of trying to figure out what's wrong with your, your, your cat. Yeah. And there are techniques to make, uh, especially in the cat, to make those cavities a little bigger because they insufflate some gas in there to blow mm -hmm. the cat up kind of. And yeah. then you have, and because the cat is so flexible, you get a lot of space and you can see everything really, really well. I'm Absolutely. always impressed in a cat how much space you have there. So although they're very small animals, uh, you can see all the organs. You can go to the, the stomach itself and the spleen and the kidneys and the pancreas and the liver. You can see everything so well. And then the, 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 the thing that people probably do the most is take biopsies. So if you, do, if you see something that you don't like, you can take a little bite out of it, send it to the pathologist, and they can then look at if there's any disease there. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So for the chest, uh, that's more uh, specific, I would say. There's not that many people that do a lot of chest surgery, but uh, through endoscopy. And we were just at a, a important conference where everybody from the world came together to talk about veterinary endoscopy. So this technique that we're talking about. And there was a lecture by one of the human surgeons that showed all the things that they do for babies in the chest. And it was quite impressive. It was. And I think... Uh, at this point in veterinary medicine, if there were, um, if you had a cat and needed uh, endoscopy, you would probably be sent to a veterinary uh, surgeon specialist yeah. to do that type of procedure because it's very specialized and not only doing the procedure, but it's also very specialized as far as the people doing the anesthesia to make sure that your cat is um, uh, properly taken care of. And so that would be probably reserved at least at this point in time to uh, a specialist. And, and you work in Colorado at Colorado State University. If there's people in your neighborhood that would like to go to Colorado State to have a one of these procedures done, what do they need to do? Uh, well, I think that um, we do have, uh, we do a lot of these procedures. So if you're in the local area, we would be more than happy to see you. Um, and uh, you can just go on the uh, website uh, or Google Colorado State University Veterinary Teaching Hospital, and uh, it will run you through on how to make appointments and so forth. 
Uh, that being said, there are a lot of uh, veterinary schools and a lot of specialty practices all through the U.S. that um, one could also seek for some of these very specialized things. Uh, some of the things can easily be done by your practitioner if they um, have experience in that. And we teach veterinarians um, all over the world on how to do various types of procedures. And some are very adept at doing that and they can do it just as well as I can. So, um, but I think you might have to look around and I guess I would suggest that if your veterinarian suggests, well, we need to do surgery and open up your cat, that maybe you just say, can this be done um, minimally invasive with a scope? Mm -hmm. Can can we do endoscopy and and see if that is something that that is possible? Now there are some things that you can't, but there are many things that can be done. This has been great. We're already at 20 minutes. So thank you so much, Dave, uh, for your explanation. I think I got a much better view now what is possible uh, with endoscopy in cats. Uh, this is the Cat Cafe podcast. This is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Dr. Susan couldn't make it this uh, this week, but we had an excellent guest, uh, Dr. Dave Tweet. So thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And you can find for more information at uh, the Cat Cafe podcast.net and if you like what you hear please tell your friend and give us a five-star rating uh, we are on social media at cat cafe uh, so hope to see you in two weeks and once again thank you dave yeah thank you